Hey all, this is Ian here. I wanted to kind of give a quick little introduction of what this is. So in the meantime, before we get a bunch of games going, uh, before the one shots come up and everything, I'm going to probably still release some of these small little episodes, which I'm going to just call lore dumps or little cinematic releases of the lore of our game. That way, when you guys jump in, you won't be lost. You'll have an edge up on the players and their characters and what they know in the world. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think it'll keep some content going so you guys don't get bored and I don't get bored. I did want to give a quick shout out to Mi Kanishi. I hope that's right. She's a voiceover voice actress on Fiverr. She's utterly fantastic to work with. She's super great. Cannot recommend her enough. Her Fiverr page will be a link in the Dicey Outcomes Discord. If anyone wants to get to her page quicker, that's a good way to do it. But cannot recommend her enough. Absolutely fantastic. But without further ado, please enjoy the next lore dump in Dicey Outcomes Framework Schemes. Enjoy. Dale Matthews tapped his foot impatiently, looking all over the community corp board. She had nothing else to do and found it was better than angrily staring at the stairs waiting for the captain to come back from his meeting. The tall, lean-built man with sandy blonde hair combed back to seem to be a poster child for nobility. His ears came to a slight point from his mother's side, and his face had hard, angled lines, and he would be considered quite handsome if it wasn't for... the quirks. The first was a scowl that he always seems to wear, as if the sun, at all hours, of all days, seems to be spitting into his eyes. The other, and more noticeable one, was the big blotch of black scarring with a neon red outline along his face, taking up most of the left half. There's only a few things that can cause that kind of scarring, and since he didn't belong to one of the Dragon Mark houses, it meant it was an alchemical scar. This job is not one to leave you without a souvenir, and Dale seemed to get his very early into his career. Dale grumbled to himself openly, trying to come up with some sort of argument that would make the captain see his side. This was his case. He was the first one on the scene, and he was the only one that had any amount of detail on the only suspect, even if it wasn't a lot. Being kept at arm's length was not only stupid, but unacceptable to him. Dale tugged at the bottom of his red jacket, trying to keep it taut. He, if the situation came up, was ready to be presented to the Lord Mayor, Catherine Erdemel herself. During his fuming and fretting, something did manage to catch his eye. He reached up and grabbed a flyer off the corkboard, ripping it from its impalement on the thumbtack. Polka tryouts. Inquire at Marquand's Room for Let and Bordreal's Hearth in the Lower Wards. Meet on the days of Mole and Fa at 6 o'clock sharp. Polka. In this day and age, people actually enjoy polka? Huh. Lord Vin Matthews, how are you? A gruff voice said, stopping a few feet from Dale. Dale turned sharply falling into a salute as naturally as breathing. Captain Gordon Carter was a huge, older orc gentleman. He wore a small goatee-styled gray beard, cut and trimmed sharply. His face was big, blocky, and sitting on top of what can only be described as a monstrously huge body. His shoulders were as wide as two men, and his legs were as thick as some were round. He wore a small patchwork of silver scars against his olive skin, and his eyes were pale teal color. He had two almost weapon-sized tusks sticking out of the corners of his mouth that did nothing to impede his flat expression as he looked down at Dale. The man was so scary that the rumor going around the guard station was that he has been frightening his own hairline away for the past ten years, leaving him bald. Captain, sir, please, if I could have a moment of your time just once more. Dale uttered, his voice firm but soft-spoken. 
His Braylon accent was coming out, a product of his own upbringing that he sometimes hated. Braylon was known for their academics and philosophy thinking, not their authoritative demeanors. Captain Carter sighed, waving to the guardsmen to follow him into the office. We've been over this before, Matthews, and you know my answer. It has not changed. As soon as the door was shut, Dale quickly tried to calm himself. His accent always got worse when he was worked up. Sir, with all due respect, you are pushing me to the side on this case. I was the officer on duty at the time. And while not the best, I do fully admit, I was the only one to see the only suspect in this case. Keeping me off it is a mistake. This is the work of someone truly dangerous and they need to be stopped. Dale said, his hands slowly beginning to move and gesture with his words. This is a habit that was from his old homeland, Siri. A place deep down he wished he could go back to. Captain Carter nodded, slowly sitting into his seat with a grunt. His knees were simply not what they used to be. I ugh, agree. That's why I turned the case over to Detective Gully. Detective Gully? Andrea? Sir, with all due respect, she's a gnome. Captain Carter's eyebrows raised. A slight look of shock flashed across his face. Last I checked, yes, she was. And it sounds like you have an issue with that. Please, explain that to me. Dale bit his lip. He had been hot under the collar all morning about this, and now he was letting those emotions cause him to not think clearly and his words to slip and fall out of his mouth. No, sir, no issue with that at all. Gully is a decorated detective, and I'm sure there's no better mind for this case. But if the suspect was someone who was somehow taller than her, sir... We'll use the training we gave her for that exact type of situation, the captain said, his tone putting an end to this line of questions. The room grew silent as Captain Carter sighed. We both know you don't care about Detective Gully or her lineage. You're just upset it's not you looking into this. Dale, there is a magical terrorist loose in Sean, one capable of turning everyday people into killing machines. If times were different, maybe I'd let you intern under Detective Gully. But you're a good cop. You're quick, you're sharp, and you know the difference between right and wrong. These days, I'd settle to have one of those three traits in any of my men, and you have all three. With another grunt, Captain Carter got up from his chair and sat on the end of his desk, more or less eye to eye with Dale. I also know you won't let this go. I know what it's like to have a case that you want to throw your whole self into. I can't imagine with Syrian. So I'll tell you what. I'll update you if something comes up in this Echo Breaker killer case. And you promise me to go out there, protect these people from this terrorist. Who knows, once the terrorist is behind bars, or if there's enough leads to lead to his capture, maybe I'll talk to Gully and see about having you help her out when she needs it. Dale looked up in surprise. He didn't expect that kind of favor from the captain, not after bothering him so many times about this. He felt conflicted and more than a little shameful now. Before he could say thanks or even anything at all, the captain's door flew open. There, casting a shadow that engulfed them both, stood Andrea Gully. Andrea was a pretty gnome, having soft red hair and a nose that was small by gnome standards. Her face was oval, and her teeth had a slight overbite, with bright clay-colored eyes. She stood there with her hands on her hips, pencil in one hand, and clipboard in the other. She had her street clothes on, and the only tell that she was a cop was currently the badge that hung around her neck. Gordon Carter, how am I supposed to do anything with this sovereign damn report? She yelled, flinging the clipboard at the giant orc man. It landed on his desk harshly, 
papers threatening to fly away. Listen to this! Suspect was heading south and downward toward the lower ward north towers. They were average build for a medium-sized creature of humanoid shape. No discernible facial details, vocal tones, scars, tattoos, or limbs were observed. Detective Gully's words seemed to reverberate in the room, causing a slight discomfort to those that had heard it. Dale couldn't help but wince. This was the only reason he did not enjoy Gully's company. When she was mad, she would let the whole room know, even without yelling. She walked over and climbed up on a chair, standing on the back of it with impressive grace and balance, putting her near eye level with Dale, and at the lower but average with everyone else's eye level with Carter. Gully, look, I know. It was taken moments before the attack in Tridfair. Gully had a look of shocked annoyance, throwing her arms out at the clipboard and interrupting the captain. How do you not see the problem of that? I'm looking for nearly 70% of everyone in Sharn. Little folk can be crossed out for sure. Warforgers and orcs too. But who knows? Maybe they were wearing a glimmer effect? If this is all I have to go on, this is ridiculous. She stopped, slowly turning her head towards Dale, as if just now noticing he was in the room. She took a moment to look him up and down, throwing a glance to Carter before saying, Wait a minute. You were the beat cop that this reporter was taken from, right? Dale nodded, coughing a bit to clear his throat for the argument he was sure was about to come up. However, in an action that surprised him of Gully, she simply turned towards him with a smile. Good. I can get a first-hand account of the victim. Please, tell me as much as you can remember. Dale was shocked. He was expecting to defend his report. At the time of the report, he only put factual, logical details that he could remember about the suspect, and since he only saw them running away from him at night with a cloak on, that was the best he could do. With all the focus on the suspect, he nearly forgot about his report on the victim. Um, surely, Detective Gully, you read my report on the victim as well. I have, and it's shit. You were too jazzed up from the chase. I'm honestly shocked they didn't rebrief you about the victim. Please, if you don't mind. Dale shot a glance to Carter. He simply nodded, letting him take the floor. Dale cleared his throat. <clears throat> well, it... It wasn't any... It was strange. I do admit, but... It, sure, I've seen dead bodies before, but not like this. He was sitting in a chair, ankles and waist tied to it, sitting behind a liqueur barrel. He had his hands fixed in a place on the barrel in front of him, to look like he was playing cards. He even had a small pipe in his mouth, still smoking, and peering at the cards spread out in his hand. It was a scene straight from a poker table. That's what made it all the more strange that it was deep down a maze of alleyways. I stumbled across them while trying to chase down a pickpocket. It was so... bizarre. A single torch was next to him, lighting the whole scene. When I got closer, that's when I noticed the tulips. Incredibly small, detailed statues made up from splintering bones. Maybe they were from animals, maybe not, I don't know. They were colored slightly, but the age of the bones could still be seen and in the center of each one was a small black vowel. I walked closer to get a better look, and that's when the tripwire went off. I felt it under my foot, and I watched as some sort of mechanism released the contents of small black vials into the man. At first he did nothing, and it was in that moment I realized I was calling to this man. I was asking him if he was alright, if he needed help, and he didn't respond. I didn't even think he looked my way or blinked. It was in the moment where I realized he was dead before I even got there. But once those vials entered him, 
Only a few seconds went by before he was screaming and shouting. Something about Delorum and the Dark Six, I don't know. It stopped as soon as it begun. That's when I noticed movement at the end of the alleyway and took off. The rest is in the report. Gully smiled, her pen flickering across the paper feverishly. No, this is good. I'll ask evidence for one of the vials that was missed the first time around. Thank you. Detective Gully made her leave before stopping at the door. Oh, and guardsman, Matthews. I'll see you this far at Marquand's rooms. She said with a wink before shutting the door. Dale paused before looking down. The flyer for the polka tryouts was still in his hands. He looked at Carter as if to say something, but the captain simply smiled and said, Sounds to me you'll have to learn to juggle both cases. I'll bring my old accordion in for you too. Hmm. Dale looked down at the flyer, gridlocked with it. He had to go. If Golly was going to be there, that might be his best connection to her, to stay on her radar and stay close to this case. He thanked the captain with a salute and headed back out, trying to grab some sort of food on the remainder of his lunch. Of course I'd have to be Polka. I hate Polka.